Welcome to episode 79 of What Do You Want to Watch? And already, you're probably wondering why I'm doing the opening part of this podcast. Well, that is, in fact, because Nathan passed away actually last night during the Academy Awards ceremony when he learned that Babylon nor Tar would win an Oscar. So yeah, from here on out, it'll actually just be me talking to myself uh, about what I thought uh, about the ceremony. So stick around. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, like like the Undertaker, um, the wrestler for about 30 years. Uh, I, I've just decided to emerge back up um, I, I've just sat up and I've decided to continue with life, even though it seemed pointless after my beloved Tar and, and Babylon were just shut out last night in, in an Oscars that is going to be very memorable uh, for one reason. And that reason is that the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once lived up to its name by taking everything. And yeah. almost every single category was nominated. E E A A O. We really hmm. gotta find a find a shorter way to say this movie. Even the acronym takes way too long. It won seven awards, and it took Sheesh. home all of the major awards it was nominated for, including best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, and best picture and best director. You know, it it Oof. it was a juggernaut, uh, David. How how did you feel about this movie winning so many awards? Um, this might just be normal, right, with the Oscars, right? I mean, you have the 10, 15 best movies of the entire year. You want all of them, right, to get the recognition they deserve. I think right. I was, like, bittersweet of, like, that's awesome that they are able to get recognition. But then I was like, but Banshees of Inna Sharon got nine nominees and didn't win a single thing. And or Tar and Kate Blanchett didn't win a So at, at the same time, I'm like, ah, I think, you know, I thought Colin Farrell would deserve that. Or I thought Kate Blanchett deserved that. Or I thought the score for Babylon deserved that. But it's like not everybody can win. And that's just the reality. Mm -hmm. But I am mm -hmm. happy um, for everything everywhere. Uh, I agreed with, I think, all but one, maybe two of the wins on that one. And we'll obviously get into that. Um, but, right. I mean, I, I saw Sean Finnessy talk a little bit about this, it, and I kind of agree. It feels like with this win and with this movie, maybe it feels like there's a new era of films uh, coming in, right? Where you have these young directors with A24 who out of nowhere just seems to be dominating um, all of a sudden. And it, it almost seems like we, we might have a new era of movies and a style of movie of um, not just a sequel or not just a superhero movie, but we're going to just make a really weird, never-seen-before movie and put a, a lot of time and energy into it and hope it pays off. And so far, especially for like A24, it's paid off. Mm -hmm. I, I would also say that you're, you're when you listen to this podcast of David and I, you're going to hear us maybe talk not as excitedly as, as others will about this film, but this is the best best picture winner since Parasite and one of the best best picture winners of the last 20 years, I would say. I mean, we, we often look, we we in the moment say, oh my gosh, how could this how could this movie win Best Picture? And we we do this sort of hand wringing and say that this this film was snubbed and that you know there there were a lot better films. Let let me just read off some of the previous winners um, that I think have likely fallen into obscurity and many people will not watch ever again. Nomadland. The Green Book, The Shape of Water, The Artist, The King's Speech, quite frankly, Slumdog Millionaire, Crash is one of the worst movies I've literally ever seen in my life, and it won Best Picture. Movies like Chicago, uh, American Beauty, Shakespeare in Love, The English Patient, you know, Driving Miss Daisy, The Last Emperor, Out of Africa, Gandhi, Chariots of Fire, Ordinary People. Like, you notice how if you go back through, Goodfellas isn't on there. The Social Network is not on there. Get Out is not on there, right? So it, it's rare, actually, when the Academy really, really nails it. And you have a movie like 
Moonlight or Parasite or Godfather? No Country for Old Men. Or, Didn't Godfather win it? Yes, or okay. Return of the King or Titanic. You know, the, we think that's every year that whatever the best movie is should win. This, quite frankly, doesn't happen. Yeah. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once was considered by many to be the best movie of the year. And most people had it in their top 10, even if yeah. it wasn't number one, it's in your top 10. It, it's right there. It's, it's something you really remember. So overall, I'm happy. I'm, I'm really happy that this movie could get the recognition it deserved. And like you said, that we could start to see different kinds of movies win awards. This was a, a classic Hollywood story in a sense, because it is a, a movie about family, a movie about a, a, a mother trying to reconcile with her, her daughter. It is in many ways terms of endearment, um, which is a previous best, best picture winner with multiversal Kung Fu fighting, but it has multiversal Kung Fu fighting. It's inspired by <laughs> movies like the matrix and Asian cinema. It has numerous spoof uh, references. It's got a, bagel at the center of the plot like this movie is ridiculous <laughs> if, oh, yeah. if you're just trying to explain movie, it to someone to right i know you're and, curious <laughs> and i think that's probably what everybody is thinking at this point is that I, oh i have to see this because yeah. this won so many awards and i would say you're correct this is one of the best movies of this past year so there's going to be a lot of hand wringing and people saying top gun maverick didn't get you know the recognition that it deserved or the banshees of initiation didn't get the recognition it deserved and in some sense i agree but let's not act like this movie's not great because it is yeah no it absolutely is and that kind of goes back to what i said like man you want every film to win something but that it, most years that just doesn't happen i think usually i mean there are some years it's like oh i feel like every film nominated got something no usually you have like a dune or you have like a gravity in 2013 won seven oscars and i was going to mention that, that it's the most uh, a film most oscars a film has won since gravity in 2013 gravity won seven didn't actually which this is interesting too this might be another conversation it was nominated for 10 oscars and it won seven of those 10 but it did not win best picture in 2013 which is really interesting um, and I'll ask you, because you made this point already, if the Academy's best motion picture of the year isn't the best film of the year overall, then what is it? What is the best motion picture of the year? Does that make sense? Uh, so you're saying like why it's kind of what we said about Dune is if if this movie is being praised in almost every below the line category then you're saying that all the sum of its parts, like all of its parts individually are the best they can possibly be. Why is this movie not best picture? Yeah. And if we're both um, saying like, okay, they are not nominating the best movie of the year, obviously in our opinions, it's an opinion. My question is, okay, if they're not nominating or winning the best picture, the best movie of the year, then what is the best picture award? Like, you know what I mean? Right. What's what's the purpose of it? I, I understand yeah. that. I think, first of all, some of the categories lend themselves to certain films um historically you know you're not gonna pick best editing for a movie that quite frankly normally the movies that went best editing are long and, and they have a lot of different things going on in them they're not simple dramas they're not character studies um because that's not as impressive editing wise cinematography the same thing you get a movie like all quiet on the western front winning cinematography even though i personally would have gone for tar there but Tar doesn't look as impressive to a lot of people because there's not a sweeping battle sequence in Tar, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's mostly, you know, orchestra practice yeah. in, in Tar is a lot of the cinematography, and that's just not as impressive. So I understand where you're coming from, but I think that oftentimes we fall into this trap of thinking that, you know, and sometimes it's true. Like, I agree Dune should have won Best Picture, and it it didn't. Um, wasn't even close, which was what frustrated me is that it wasn't even considered to be in the conversation, much less uh, going to win. Mm. But I, I, I don't know that those categories necessarily mean that that is a guaranteed best picture. I think they're indicative gotcha. of that. But quite frankly, yeah. in, in 20 years, are people going to go back and be like, remember Gravity? Like, do you know anybody talking about Gravity now? Mm-mm. Like that's a movie well, that everybody saw in theaters and was like, oh my gosh, like gravity, like you'll never, the claustrophobia of this film and like. Did the two leading actors get that Oscar or did the movie get the Oscars, you know? 
Right. And it's it's a kind of an event film that I don't think people revisit at home because it's geared so much mm-hmm. for for theaters, which is the same criticism that a movie like Avatar had when it was running for Best Picture is that, yeah, this movie's impressive if you can watch it on IMAX, but if you're watching it at home on a 45-inch flat screen, it's not going to blow your socks off, Yeah, which I would say is probably accurate. So I see what you're saying. Like, Cruella, Cruella won costume design last year, but it was not by any means yeah, the that best motion, motion picture of the year. Right, and, and and costume design is a great example because costume design is often given to either period pieces um, or movies based on real life because, oh, wow, look at how they captured the essence of this um, in the 1940s. Look at how all the outfits are so accurate or look at, look at how everything just matches what photographs that we have, which is why I was surprised and very happy that Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the costume designer won for best costume design because she actually had to create new things. Yeah. 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 She, she based it off of her previous designs for Black Panther, but she had to create Cream Ramonda's entire wardrobe and her, she, they said that she 3D printed the uh, headdress that she wore throughout wow. the film. You yeah, know, she's not looking through a photo book so to base off her design. It's like from her brain, right. from scratch. And you could say, and you could say, well, there's comic books, but yeah, how many times have you seen somebody just copy and paste a comic book outfit into live action? It looks goofy as hell. Yeah, that happens yeah. all the time. So I, I, I think that yeah, that sometimes we can get enamored with the below the line stuff and say, well, this movie has best sound and best editing and best cinematography. How is it not the best? All Quiet on the Western Front won a bunch of technical awards. I do not think it was the best film. It wasn't even my top five of this past year, top five best mm-hmm. picture nominees. So um, I, I agree that sometimes it is indicative, but other times it's this movie lends itself to those awards. War films yeah. lend themselves to cinematography and sound and, and awards like that. Um, and I asked that so, question. I'm, I agree. I, I, I agree yeah, with this win. I'm not saying like I disagree that everything everywhere shouldn't have won. I just, you know, I like to ask questions and stuff like that. So, yeah, David, we sat there for three and a half ish hours watching this. Right. Um, it was a long telecast. I think it was actually shorter than last year's, but still rather long. What what was your takeaway from that as a whole before we get into favorite and least favorite parts? How, how did you feel about the Oscars as a whole? Maybe one through 10 scale if you want to do that. Honestly, I think I'm like eight and a half, eight and a half, nine. I thought. Um, really? I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought Jimmy did a really good job. I thought his jokes were funny. I, I honestly, there wasn't one joke. I was like, that was bad. Like really all of them. Now I missed the opening monologue. But all the way throughout the show, I was like, either like, oh, that was pretty good, or I, I thought it was really funny. Even just a weird technical thing, I thought the like wide shot from the top of the auditorium was really sick when they introduced like Avatar, for example, and like the blue lights and the came seats. In. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's sick. That's cool. Um, no, I, I thought it was good. I thought the speeches were really good. I mean, honestly, all of the everywhere, everywhere, everything, everywhere crew had really good speeches, and heck, the directors had like six of them because they kept winning and every single, every mm-hmm. single time it was really good. So, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, maybe, you know, I might say seven or eight just cause it wasn't as eventful as last year as a, as a slap to the face. <laughs> yeah. There's no you know? slap. Right. Um, but I don't know. We got a good amount of Will Smith jokes in there. So including, did you see at the very end when he walked off stage and said, you know, tragic events, since uh, Oscars period. without incident, yeah, yeah and it he was had one, one, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was good. And um, Jenny the donkey, can't forget that. And Jenny, love to see Jenny. Jenny should have been nominated um, in so, the best supporting actress. So I'll category. say eight. I gave you a bunch of numbers. I'll say eight. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go six. Um, mm. And I, I may just be a harsher critic. I, I think personally, the I thought I agree with you. I thought Kimmel was great. Um, I thought the Opening monologue, which I don't know if you've had a chance to watch that yet, but that was actually really good. The best part was when he was talking about all the people that would protect him um, if um, someone charged the stage and he listed a bunch of actors and they're like superhero or film counterparts. And he got to Andrew Garfield 
as Spider-Man, which I think everybody was expecting to see Tom Holland, the current Spider-Man, and it was Andrew Garfield, so nobody had a reaction, and then Andrew Garfield cringed, and then everybody else in the auditorium started laughing. That That's was awesome. great. Um, the What I thought was weird, like, I really like Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan, and I think it's cool that they tried to, you know, explain the cinematography aspect uh, mm-hmm. before they gave out that award, but it was so wooden and uncomfortable from them, like, Jonathan seems so unnatural up there, um, apart from whenever both of them shouted out Angela Bassett and reminded her that they love her, uh, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it felt awkward. And I think as a whole, aside from Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell, all the presenters, like there were no jokes. Like it, it, Mm -hmm. it seems like this telecast was so serious from the celebrity perspective that they were like afraid to say any jokes or none were written in for them. Um, aside from the, the Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt one wasn't good. Yeah. The cocaine bear thing was, she, I will say on that one, she kept like, for like, she had that joke going for like 25 seconds. I was like, all right, we could probably end this now. Yeah. I think that, I think that one was just a little too long. Um, and then other ones uh, also, this is, we're dipping into least favorite part. I'll just, we'll just cover that now. Um, what the heck? We're, why are we doing advertisements for movie studios during this? Um, like the Warner brothers, like, yeah, I love all those movies, but what the frick are we doing where we just have Morgan Freeman and Margot Robbie come up and just be like, Warner brothers is a hundred. And here is just a, two minute commercial for Warner brothers. Like just do that during the commercial break. Like Disney did with the 100 Disney 100 celebration. And then off of that, um, first of all, the new little mermaid looks terrible. That movie looks awful, which is not hopeful. I was trying to be hopeful. And then you said that I was like, okay, so I'm not necessarily the only one that thinks that that didn't look very good. And the problem is that I'm going to say that and the wrong sort of people who have been hating this movie for the wrong reason are going to be like, yeah, that's right. That's just why we hit. No, I don't. I don't like any Disney live action remake. I think they're all pointless. Um, But why did we get Melissa McCarthy and, and Haley Bailey come out and just be like, Hey, here's our, movie that's coming out in a month and Melissa McCarthy is like, you know, I'm a bit biased, but I like it. No kidding, Melissa, you're freaking the lead villain in it. Like, of course you like it. But what was the also, purpose? Why is she the why, lead villain? Why are we doing just, this? That's just doesn't yeah, click that's, for me. Yeah, no. I, I yeah, I don't know. I but like I didn't need that. And everybody like awkwardly clapped for it afterwards and was like, yay, movies. But like normally during the Oscars, they're like, here's some of the best moments in film for of the past year, or it is the anniversary of this. It's the 50th anniversary or the 20th anniversary of this famous movie. Let's mm. let's talk about it and its importance. Or don't you love? We just had Avatar: The Way of Water come out. Don't you love water centered films? Here is a two minute montage of all the great movies surrounded by water and and let, let mm-hmm. me show you james cameron's the abyss and let me let me show you Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea and I, where was that where was jaws yeah. in a montage like why are we just doing commercials yeah That's, yeah i would even that, like ugh, it just felt icky to me of course this is the same thing i was gonna say why not have like robert downey jr pre- preview Oppenheimer trailer but I guess that's the same thing as Mermaid. But I mean, yeah, that's it's just a better a, trailer, it's a, though. But... It's a better movie. But yeah, I, I just don't. It definitely they, they... felt. I definitely got the vibe of like we have to fill this time, and so like the Lady Gaga Rihanna, like that was good. Those were good times to do that, and like the remembering those who've passed away, that's good. But yeah, other times it was like, all right, can we just hear Best Supporting Actress? Because I'm over this like little commercial break, you know. Yeah, and I just don't. There weren't interesting. There wasn't anything to keep me, to keep me there. Yes, I get the, I get that. that look, this is the most um, concentrated audience of probably moviegoers that you're gonna have on a live broadcast anymore because people don't watch regular television outside of sports. I should say. So sure, buy up all the ad space you want to play your future movie trailers during commercial breaks, but the Oscars is not for movie trailers. Okay. I don't need to see a trailer for the little mermaid or I don't need to see like, here's all the great Warner brothers movies. 
Yeah. Like just make a montage of movies because they're, they're not because they're attached to a studio. Like that just felt like they were just trying to push advertisements on me because they didn't know how to fill four minutes in the telecast. Mm -hmm. I just don't get that. Either make the telecast four minutes shorter or find something that actually has a little bit to do with the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. They could have played the Oppenheimer trailer two commercial breaks in a row. And I think I would have been like, yeah, more would have been great. (laughs) I saw a millisecond of Barbie in that Warner brothers, like montage. That's fantastic buy up ad space and then show me that. But cause there had, this had to have been like a paid deal. There's no way the Academy out of the goodness of their heart was like, Hey, Warner brothers, would you like to run a free, like three minute commercial just on our telecast? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It, that just all felt weird. And then there was a certain inevitability at the end where like, I think the first couple of speeches for everything everywhere all at once were a surprise. Um, but some of the inevitability at the end, like Brendan Fraser's speech felt half authentic and half like how many whale references are you going to make in this? My guy, like depths of the, like you're not coming up with this on the fly and this just doesn't feel great. And so I, I don't know, there was inevitability at the end where it just, it kind of turned me off of the telecast. There wasn't any excitement, which isn't necessarily the Oscars fault. I mean, they can't control what the voters are going to do. Right. So yeah. that, that part soured a little, but I, I think it was a better telecast than last year. The slap um, was really the only thing to hold on to. The bits that they did were not funny for the most part um, last year. Did and Jimmy host last year as well? No, last year was um, Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer, and there was a third person who I can never remember, which tells you how not great that one was. Honestly, I I know they like to switch it up. I I, I thought Jimmy was actually really good. And he's hosted it two times before. He just seems like he knows what he's doing. Sign him on a contract, just have him come back. Because, like, I think he knew when to tell a joke, and he didn't, like, I don't know, he wasn't too aggressive or, like, all right, that was kind of messed up. There were a couple that I texted you about yeah you gotta push the envelope a little but he didn't dip into ricky gervais territory where he was just you know saying he was just trying to be an asshole which is what ricky gervais does every time he hosted the golden globes and that's funny at some points but like quite honestly these people have rather fragile egos because they're put in front of the public spotlight all the time and once you start just mocking them mercilessly um for 15 20 minutes straight they kind of turn off and they don't give a crap about you which is why everybody at the golden globes just gets as drunk as they possibly can um <laughs> especially when he's also because the golden globes are garbage um so yeah i i didn't think it was terrible so then what was your most favorite part because you mentioned quite a bit there it it was that it was the sponsored like here's the little mermaid trailer and then got you oh let me show you the warner brothers thing i just that felt so weird um, also, if I could add a little parentheses to that, um, I don't need musical performances at the Oscars. Natu Natu was great because that was actually a performance. Um, Rihanna was fine. Lady Gaga was fine. The In Memoriam one you have to keep. Um, the other two songs just felt, first of all, I've never even heard of one of the songs. I've never heard of one of the movies that was nominated for Best Original Song. Um, but it's just this isn't even, the Grammys. Like even the everything everywhere, even the everything everywhere performance. So I was like, okay, like we get it, and like yeah, yeah. Which I funny, just don't that care. guy. I can't remember the guy's name that was there. We the group of us that wa- hung out at New Year's watched one show, and he was singing there too. Never had heard of him. We don't know who this guy is, and he's probably. I mean, he's not the greatest. I'm sure he was better when he was younger. But this dude just keeps popping up out of nowhere, and I don't know who he is, and he just seems very popular. But it's just yeah, funny. and like, who is this dude? Like I think if I could, if I remember correctly, they said like Diane Warren, who was nominated in best song um, this year, again has been nominated like thirteen times, and like I, I challenge you to tell me a song by Diane Warren. Has no anybody clue. heard, has anybody even heard of the film? Tell it like a woman. Mm-mm. Have you even heard of it? No. 
Mm-mm. Not 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 a single human being. I wonder. I guarantee you, if I look at this up on Letterboxd, it has less than like three thousand watches. If if it has even that many. Yeah, like I wonder why that got the push to be, you know. Yeah, and this isn't the Grammys, so I just don't, I just don't need it to be. I just, it, it has two point six thousand watches. So then I would probably assume your then, you know, resolve to this would be not to fill it with better things, but why just why just not shorten it a little bit and have it a shorter ceremony? Is that probably what your solution would be? Yeah, I mean, if you eliminate those performances, we're we're cutting thirty minutes off, and then this is closer to a three-hour telecast instead of a three and a half going which is on. Still, four. which is still, which a is lot. still long. I mean, it's a long, it's a long telecast. Or you could fill that time with again. This show is about movies. Let's talk about movies. Golly, per um, well, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, Variety. A lot of people. Uh, Oscars drew 18.7 million viewers, up 12% from last year, which is actually impressive because I know um, they've been struggling. That's That's been an issue of like, well, no and I think it. part of that is the films that were nominated this year got in front of a lot more eyeballs than, than previous years. I mean, especially the last two with the pandemic. Um, also, for anyone wondering, Tell It Like a Woman has a 1.4 rating on Letterboxd right now with 2.6 thousand watches. Wow. So there's that. And that's why Eva Longoria was at the Oscars and Cara Delevingne because they were both in that movie, um, which nobody knew because nobody has seen it. Yeah. I think I'm trying to think of my least favorite. Um, Honestly, I, I think... You mentioned quite a bit, and there wasn't a whole lot not to like. I think I would agree. Just like the little, the random like Little Mermaid trailer of like, it was different. Like, which I know there's a bunch of movies coming out. Like, if it's like Infinity Wars out in six months, and here's the first trailer, here's the first look at it. That's like holy crap! It's like the Super Bowl when you get these big trailer drops, and you're like, oh my gosh, here yeah. it is. Like, why are we? Tom Cruise more of was that? like. like this is Dead Reckoning Part One. Here's yeah. the first. Here's the first full trailer you're ever gonna see. Great, yeah. but or an actual trailer of the killer, you know, or David right. Fincher's new movie or something. But like, why just The Little Mermaid? Like, here's our remake of the movie that you all already know the entire story. So, would you just like to see the bad CGI that we did because we definitely didn't have James Cameron make this one? So that that's probably my least favorite part. So probably I think we're similar yep. in that the weird commercials. All right. What was your what was your favorite part? There's a lot to love, but my fun pick, I'm just going to go with it, is Jenny. Just actually pulling the... Is it a mule or a donkey? It's a donkey. Just actually just walking the donkey out on stage was like just so funny. And then at the very end, he like walks off stage and like pats it and, and walks off. I just thought that was fun. So that was... Yeah. Like, yeah. I think my favorite was um, Kihue Kwan's acceptance speech Mm. i I Um, almost yeah that was that was like the one where i was like dang he did it like this guy did it and he he he's just mom i just won an oscar like and was so you know he, he had tears in his eyes and he was genuinely just so excited you know sometimes i feel like when people win oscars it's they're feigning excitement because they knew it's gonna happen and he had been the favorite i mean all award season long he'd won every like smaller award show he had won best supporting actor but you know for him to get it in this moment and to get recognized and then later on they have harrison ford announce best picture and he goes back up so then there's an indiana jones reunion and he hugs harrison Ford. Oh, we should have seen that and is so excited well That's i like mean an obvious we, we knew at that point right that, well yeah because it's harrison ford they're probably going to be them but yeah i uh, that was like the most heartwarming moment of the ceremony. And I really, I, one, I felt he really deserved that win. And um, two, I, he just seems like a genuine, just great person, which you can yeah. say of most of the winners this year. Like, I don't know a lot of about some of them, but like all the acting winners, despite me disagreeing with one or two of them, 
all just seemed like really nice people that were just very humbled to be winning and, and just very happy with it. So especially, I, I really I, enjoyed that part. I mean, what we just mentioned, but I think even especially like Brendan Fraser, like he even talked like I thought I was done. Like I did not think I yeah I thought my said, career like, was over. You know, and, and he got a and he alluded to why he said like the the you know he was assaulted and then he left because that structure was still in place and wouldn't come back until the people responsible had left. Um and talked about how that had happened and he was given a lifeline. And while I thought some of his speech felt a little practiced and a little like he was trying too hard to hit the poetic parts, I, I mean, the, the emotional depth of it was still there for me. So, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. It's like, I feel like I cried like four times or teared up like four or five times in this ceremony. And I just don't remember ever. It didn't happen last that year. Emotion, I mean, I that was emotional. happy. I was happy for some people last year. I think the Troy Kotzer one was the, the one that really kind of got me last year whenever he won. Um, when I, but just like when Ariana's Ariana DeBose's voice broke, whenever she was reading Kihue Kwan's name, like that was just, that was awesome. That was a John good. Travolta tearing up, you know? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. That was tough. Cause I was like, why is, I didn't, I forgot about Olivia Newton, John. I was like, why are they having John Travolta do this? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I thought it was going to be like, you know, Joe Pesci or De Niro mm. or somebody from Goodfellas because I knew about Leota. Um, and then uh, I was like, oh, crap, it's Olivia Newton-John. That's why. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that was tough. Um, but I, I think that there were – emotionally, this this was a pretty good ceremony. Um, yeah. Pretty moving one. All right, let's get into the actual awards. Um, David, most surprising award win. Uh, there weren't a lot of surprises in this one, so you may have to hunt. Yeah, dig dig a little bit. I think ooh, that's a pretty good one. We'll come back to that if I can't find um, anything else. Yeah, I think this was another Oscar, which, you know, I think last year, maybe the first time I actually paid attention. A couple of years before that, I kept updated on Twitter, but I didn't watch the show maybe. So I'm not like, it's not like I've been watching the Oscars for 10 years. But I feel like this one was like one of the least surprising ones. Like every single one was like, like I think maybe... 75% of them you and I texted like it's I think it's probably gonna be this one you mm -hmm. know and it, and it was you know mm -hmm. a couple of them we were wrong of course mm -hmm. um honestly I think one I was surprised about I, I won't say this one I think that's what you're gonna say I, costume I was I was surprised or was it costume makeup and hairstyling uh, okay yeah yeah I was surprised that the whale won over like a movie like Elvis or a Black Panther or even the or even the Batman, um, with a th those three have a lot of that, a lot of costumes, a lot of design in that, and hair and and makeup in that aspect. But maybe that's just because I didn't know more about the whale. I didn't know actually what into went into that. But I think I was mm -hmm. really surprised by uh, the whale winning makeup and hairstyling for that one. Mm -hmm. I think similar to you, I, I wasn't I wasn't very surprised by by many wins or any wins. I thought that this is just a little thing. I thought Top Gun Maverick was going to win editing uh, for the sole fact that like there've been a huge narrative around. They had more than 600 hours of flight footage that they had to narrow down. And that movie is just edited so well, specifically the last 45 minutes. Um, and that's a, that's a film with a lot of action sequences where they've got to comb through a lot of footage to make sure that things make sense. Um, because you could very easily have shots where, wait, how did the plane get there? That's not where the plane was supposed to be. Um, and I kind of was expecting that. However, once the everything everywhere, once wave started to begin, I was like, oh, okay. So it's just going to win pretty much all of these. So I, yeah. I, I wasn't too shocked, but at the beginning of the ceremony, I thought that's one of the ones that Top Gun Maverick is going to win and didn't, didn't win that. So most disappointing award ren um david right i think ahead, i may just... no 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 i'll let you have that one i honestly oh no this is actually a good one i i whether it's correct or not i wanted steven to get a directing bid i think this mm. might be his like ride into the sunset i think he might like consider calling it and i just like that would have been fun to see him win a you know win another one um so I don't know if you're expecting me to say that, but I was really hoping Spielberg would get himself another one. So, yeah, I, 
But I understand why the Daniels won that. It's just like, I wanted them to get that, you know? Is it just me? Or did it feel like they underutilized Steven Spielberg at, at this Academy Awards? They're making a whole big deal about how he's the first director to be nominated in like six decades and and stuff. Like, show me, again, goes back to the montages. Just show me all the great Steven Spielberg movies so I can be like, yeah. man, I love Ooh. this guy. Because I do. Um, and everybody does. But yeah, That's, I was with you. I'm changing my that, least favorite part. It's the lack of Steven Spielberg. I think I saw him on camera once, a reaction show. Yeah, and the only the only real time he got dedicated to to his work was Jimmy Kimmel making jokes at his mother's expense, which I'm sure he had to expect. But like, can we talk about Steven Spielberg being the greatest director of all time? Because he probably is. Like, I I just felt like we needed a little bit more there. Or we're talking about Steven Spielberg. We mentioned John Williams for score. Let's look back at their past collaborations. Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, E.T., anyone. Jaws, like, come on. Do I need to run this? This is like Game of Thrones. The more you talk about it, the more frustrated you get. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You had a year to plan this. (laughs) Like, what is going on? This is right in front of you. Um, Yeah. So I I agree with you there. I, I honestly just wanted that to go to somebody other than the Daniels and that's not because I didn't think the Daniels did a great job with that, but I don't think the directing is the strongest part of that movie. I think that their writing was great. Um, but movies like Banshees and Fablemans and Tar, I thought like that's all in direction. A lot of it, Tar yeah. especially. Everything Absolutely. in Tar is so meticulous and so careful that I really thought Todd Field should have got a win here. Uh, for me, there, there's kind of two avenues I could go, but I, I, I have to go with my heart and and – which my heart is actually in, in 1920s Hollywood. Um, and Babylon should have won best score. What are we doing? Oh, I mean, I'm expecting that. Okay. Let me all right. That bad boy. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So all quiet on the Western front, great score um, of a person just, just putting nice 2010 inception Hans Zimmer noises in the middle of some soft piano music and violins. Uh, fantastic. Have you? I know you didn't like the like the movie, David. I know that you didn't really enjoy Babylon, but oh my gosh, was that score amazing! I mean, it's yeah. so propulsive. It's just ingrained in every single part of the movie. The song "Voodoo Mama," which I, if you haven't even seen this movie, just go to Spotify, type in "Voodoo Mama," click on the one by Justin Hurwitz, and listen to it. That was the trailer song, and I was like, I'm in. I, I heard the song, and I was in. The uh, – yeah, I uh, – I mean, I understand. <laughs> I understand how Babylon didn't, <laughs> didn't get again. the recognition in some other areas. Should have won production design as well. I would have nominated it and, and gave it a win for cinematography. But score was like a layup. He put it to you on a silver platter. He said, this is, it's one of the great pieces of score in the last 15, 20 years. Like I, it's the best score he's done. And he did whiplash and La La Land score. And it's better than that. It's better than the La La Land score guys. And the La La Land score is amazing. It's so good that I forgot I was watching a musical and I hate those. And this score is better than that. I can't get behind you on that, but it's very good. You have to – no, listen to it again, David. Listen I to will. it again. You don't you understand. I like, watched La La Land like, like a couple weeks ago, and I think I listened to the album three times in a row. I was just – shuffle the entire album. I, I contend the Babylon score. And it's just – the Babylon okay, score I'll, I'll is also just more explosive too, which is more my mm. speed in music. So maybe that has something to do with it. But like this was the one category where it's so clearly Babylon. I – like – I thought it was going to wouldn't one. have even been second. Batman should have been nominated before All Quiet on the Western Front should have been nominated. Like, I, ugh, just this one's so frustrating because it seems but I will say, so obvious. All Quiet did have a good score. I know you're upset, but you can't be knocking it. It's not All Quiet's front. It won. It's not. It's not their fault. They got nominated one. No, but it's not. But it's this not. was Babylon's to win. I really thought this was the one they were going to win. And I thought maybe maybe costume, but I thought like okay, they'll probably win music original score. You know. And and Babylon scores also varied. Where I think you're not listening to any other part of the All Quiet score with. No, it's just the, the main bomb, one. Bomb, bomb. 
Like, yeah. you can listen to the entire album because it's jazz infused and it's got a lot of saxophone in it and it's got a lot of drums in it. And it's at parts, it's it's slow when melancholic and at other parts, it's full of bravado when start like, guys, I don't even know that much about musical. I know is that this song is the score is great. The score is fantastic. It should have won. It should have freaking won. Bro, I should just Ugh. make a Je- I should just make a Justin Hurwitz Spotify playlist. And if for those who don't know, he's done La La Land, First Man, Whiplash, Babylon. He has done all of Damien Chazelle's. He is Damien Chazelle's John Williams. Which this is the Spielberg really Williams of our someone. time is them. It, it, and I like his style. Chazelle like, and I'm not seeing Best Man. I want to see Best Man. But the three Whiplash, La La Land, and Babylon, like I like that style of music. It's almost like right. chaotic and like frenzy and like but really like addicting to listen to like it's just unique i like it a lot he just so, seems yeah. to have such a clear understanding of what is required in each scene um and yeah i i like i the more i think about babylon the more i like it i'm probably gonna rewatch it soon um because i want to see it again even though i just cannot i i may fast forward the part at the end with toby mcguire not because that's a bad sequence but because it unsettles me so much that also, I genuinely think, it is even the needed? most terrifying thing I've seen. In, yeah, did it, I mean, I did think it add it anything is because to I the think plot? It, I think it's the ultimate punch at the end of his film where he's saying, yeah, you think you've seen the depths of Hollywood. Here's the actual depths of Hollywood. Uh, that's, and that's then he goes from that to, but here's the beauty. Don't you love singing in the rain? Look, movies. <laughs> Boom. You know what the Oscars could have done? They could have cut the final two minute montage out of Babylon and just played it for us. <laughs> just done it and we would all been like yeah this is great movies <sighs> this is cinema March damn it all right um we gotta david, get on the positives now you're, you're yeah you're david who are you happiest for or you got that stuck in my head now um i'm sorry it sounds like you're doing also hunger games we've already heard that before oh that did sound like that actually but i was doing all mm. quiet but it, another point for Justin, just the tally, he's running up the score. It's LeBron playing against JV kids. Come on. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to say what honestly might be both of ours. It has to be Kihui Kwan, right? After what um, he's been through. Yeah, I'll pick somebody else, but yes, absolutely. That, right. I mean, even just his response and like, like, mom, look, I did it. I won an Oscar. Like, there's such a genuine and real, like, reaction. He did not have anything planned. That was his, like, real reaction to winning something that he probably never thought he would win in a place he he never thought he'd probably be, you know. Uh, so that was just really cool to see that, man. And then, of course, the embrace with uh, Harrison Ford. Unfortunately, the, the telecast didn't get this. I don't know why the broadcast didn't get this, find this shot of him and that, like, iconic shot of him and Harrison hugging as a kid. But someone found the picture and like there's a side by side of him hugging Harrison mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones and it looks just the same as he's hugging him on stage after the mm-hmm. uh, best picture win. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it has to be him. Yeah, I think that's that's easy. I, I'm going to take a cop out answer here and just go the whole cast um, whenever mm-hmm. they were up on stage for best picture. You know, they were all in the front row, um, the front left of the stage during the entire ceremony and like every time they won an award they were all getting up and hugging everybody that you know the the editor the directors the producers that walked by any of the acting wins they just all seem genuinely so happy for for each other and i'm not saying that other movies don't do that but this one just really did seem like a family which every movie that ever gets made they're like yeah this a, we just had a real family atmosphere on set like i know you didn't all right but this one actually did i and you can yeah. tell um and the individual parts where I don't agree with some of the wins, I, I think I was happy overall that this is a film that got recognized because it's a film that deserved recognition. And it's insane that things like, you know, Michelle Yeoh winning Best Actress, she's the first ever um, Asian person to win Best Actress. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we should it, not be this far into the Oscars. This We shouldn't be breaking these records at the 95th Oscars. You it's know, weird too. Um, like, you're like, surely that's been done before, but like, it hasn't. Like, no. Just, and a lot of just it don't think was about because that. not only were were people that looked like her not getting nominated, they weren't getting good parts. And she has said multiple times that she was actually told 
she doesn't belong in Hollywood, that, that she's too old, that she doesn't have the right look, that she's never going to get cast in a major movie, you know. And she's been in great movies. I mean, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is one of the darlings of the last 25 years. But it's ridiculous that this is taking this long. And it's kind of sad that we're breaking barriers at this point, but I'm happy they're getting broken anyway. And she seemed genuinely happy about it, and so did the whole cast. So I'm yeah. glad for them. Also happy for Ginny. We're just going to keep bringing it up. Yeah, also Ginny, because Ginny deserves it. This pod's for Ginny. Uh, three, three movies prominent films nominated for Oscars featuring a donkey this year. Um, mm. And I think in all three of them, the donkey was killed. Banshees, EO, and what else? Triangle of Sadness. Oh you my remember goodness. the extremely upsetting scene where they killed yeah. the donkey? Yeah. So I don't know if that's a, it's a good year for donkeys in movies or an exceptionally bad one because none of them lived. I they think were EO, killed, but which I haven't seen because EO is not available anywhere. Um, Mina Kimes says it was a must watch. Did you see that? I'm kind of curious. Yeah. I I, I want to see it. Um, Here's the thing. But I think that one died peacefully of old age. So yes, they all died, but they did get the recognition they deserved. We got to see these donkeys. That's true. On That's true. The big screen. So, so yes, they died. What do you but we got to see them? What do you think it's going to be next year? Dogs. I think it's just. We that's the first thing I thought year, about. We already have Homeward Bound. I mean, <laughs> I, I think we're good on dogs. We also have Babe, um, Pig in the City. So I think we're good on on pigs too. I I, I just want to. Can we just do like a maybe a a deer year? You know, maybe Bro, a lot of had, deer in these movies. We've already had a sad enough movie about a deer. You're really going to bring that's that true. up again. Bambi. Yeah, that's a horror film. Why did people show Dinosaurs. that to their children? Bro, 65 is going to be nominated for every single award. So it's 65 is not getting good reviews. Um, and it's not going to make back its budget. Because unfortunately, it decided. Saw that in theaters. Yeah. It, remember when I told you not to and to watch a different movie and that different movie ended up slapping, which we're actually going to get to later because I just want to talk about it. Yeah. But we got one yeah. more thing. All right. Um, if you could change the outcome of one race, which race would it be and who would be the new winner? David, uh, I will let you go first. You're so kind. Um, Thank you. Part of me, this is maybe not directly answering your questions. Question. I feel like Banshee should have won something. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie be nominated for so many Oscars and not win any of them. They were nominated for nine Oscars and it didn't win a single one. That just feels like like, it's like, okay, Babylon was nominated for three, didn't win any. Like, that happens a lot. Two, three, four Oscars doesn't win, but nine Oscars and it didn't pull in one. Part of me is like, ugh, can I tell I you the. Someone would have won I, something. Can I tell you the one I think it should have won, and then maybe we'll see if you agree with me? Okay. Best original we'll screenplay. I think best original screenplay is easily Banshees. Um, like, everything, everywhere, all at once is good but banshee's like that the script is it and the the way that they captured the emotional conversations between fraser or not fraser sorry brennan gleason wrong brennan brennan gleason um and colin farrell and the humor that's in it especially from barry keoghan's character and all of carrie Condon's dialogue those, down to those memes were so good well, and the way the story progresses, I mean, screenplay isn't just dialogue, too. It's its the way that the plot moved, and I really yeah. enjoyed it, even though it was a bit slow. So, yeah, I think Banshees, that, well, that's a Mark McDonough masterpiece And that makes you right wonder, there. too, if you're the Academy, you're like, okay, we're given this best picture, so why not give one that's super close, like Fableman's or Banshee's original screenplay, when you know everything's going to get the best picture it, win? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's clear that the voters this year um, were really just – which maybe this is the case every year. It's just this year there there was such a strong love for everything everywhere all at once that they all just decided that it should win pretty much every blow the line category as well. Um, so there wasn't there wasn't a spreading around uh, of any of those categories like we have seen at, at some points in the past. You know, Coda didn't win a whole lot of below the line categories. Um, it just won like know, four Oscars, right? And the three other three ones or weren't four. that. Yeah, that, um, including best major. picture. So, so this year but, was just 
a year where yeah. everybody loved it so much that they decided it should win all of those. But yeah, I agree. I think I think Banshee should have been recognized, and especially Mark McDonough. If I gotta give you a direct answer, weirdly enough, I think Austin Butler should have won leader leading role. I didn't see okay. the whale. I, I don't know about you know Brandon Frazier. I'm happy for him. I'm not obviously digging him, but I just reading up on Elvis. Austin Butler worked tirelessly on this role, and I think he did a. I think he was like the reason. He's yeah, easily the, the best movie. Part of the film. The movie got as much, you know, fame and, and popularity as it did and success as it did. So I, I kind of like, I even guessed it. And I think you even like, whoa, okay. I wasn't expecting that um, because I think we both were like, uh, probably Austin's going to get this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw the whale. Uh, I did not like the whale. I felt that the whale was pretty basic um, and kind of grotesque at times and not in the way that like it's trying to be, but it just felt it just felt kind of offensive, honestly. Um, and Sadie Singh's character in that movie is one of the worst written characters in a major film I've, I've seen in a long time. Um, so I, I think Brennan Fraser had the feel-good narrative. I think his performance in that movie is good. It's one of the few things I really liked about that film. But um, I think that, you know, pardon, pardon the pun, the, the fat suit is doing the heavy lifting. Um, and I, I genuinely do. I think people look at that and they see that it's a physical transformation, even though it wasn't really because it's CGI. And, and they say, okay, well, this is a person who deserves it um, over, over someone like Austin Butler. I will say, though, that <laughs> you stopped laughing at that. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> I don't know why that got me, bro. <laughs> I oh. will say that having a nice goose egg and next to um, the the name of uh or just the film elvis in terms of oscar wins does give me a little bit of joy <laughs> because i think that movie sucked um so i would like to continue the goose egg i would i would offer up colin farrell as the alternative winner or even paul mescal um i know you haven't seen after sun either but paul mescal is great in that um heartbreaking performance but a very good one so Give your answer that you've been waiting to give that I've been expecting you to talk about before now. Um, well, I don't know if this is the one. I, I have two. I'm going to cheat. You've talked about it. You've talked I'm about gonna it cheat. so much. Kate Blanchett. Like, yeah. come on. Come on, guys. Um, Michelle Yeoh winning, great. Michelle Yeoh, great in that movie. Kate Blanchett, all time in Tar. Like, all time performance. Like, legitimately one of the five best performances I've ever seen in a film ever. And so, yeah, I... I I thought that one should have won. I don't think it's egregious in the fact that the person who won was undeserving like I do in another category, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but I, I really just wanted Kate to win that. I, I also felt like Tar is not going to get recognized. This is the best chance Tar has to get recognized. It was my yeah. favorite film of the past year. I genuinely believe it will be revered as a classic in 10 to 15 years, just based on how important it is. Um, but yeah, Blanchett, Blanchett and you think, Tar. You think she was surprised? Like, you think she was sitting there like Shirley, right? No. You think she's it like, was kinda, that It was early tipping Blanchett's way, and then later on in award season, it started, more people started to go for Michelle. Um, and I, I think she's not bad either. Like, I'm sure she's disappointed, yeah. but she's probably looking at Michelle going, yeah, that's great. And again, yeah. like, this is a rare year where I think the two, sometimes, specifically in Best Actress, because a lot of people in Hollywood do not write good parts for women. The best actress category is filled with a nothing bunch of nothing burger parts in, in dramatic movies where women just get to yell and cry because that's all men think women can do in film sometimes. Um, and that was not the case in this one that both of them were, were fantastic in their respective films. I just think Blanchette like truly a transcendent performance would have liked to see her win, but I'm not upset with Michelle Yeoh winning. The one that I yeah. don't get, and that, well, I do get, but that I don't understand if you're just basing it off the performance in the film, is Jamie oh. Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about it yet. I think that is the only one that I'm going to look back on and think, yeah, that's a miss. And quite honestly, how often do we look at Best Supporting Actress and Actor nominations or wins in the past and go, gosh, can't believe that happened? Probably not very frequently. But she wasn't even the better of the two people in that movie nominated. Stephanie Hsu was better in that film 
as the antagonist, as the daughter of that film, than Jamie Lee Curtis was. Jamie Lee Curtis won that for name recognition alone. I thought Angela Bassett was more deserving. I thought Carrie Condon was more deserving. I, I mean, I literally truly believe that in my personal rankings for that category, Jamie Lee Curtis was last. Hong Chow, I thought, was better in The Whale than Jamie Lee Curtis was in Everything Everywhere at Once. That's not to say that she's bad. Jamie Lee Curtis has been one of the you know, genre icons of film in the past 50 years. She is the scream queen, you know, best known mm-hmm. for horror films. She, Laurie Strode in Halloween. She appears in several other horror movies. She's in cult hits like Freaky Friday, Trading Places. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis is great. She's great in True Lies. I really love her as an actress. She did not deserve to win this award. Um, yeah. And everybody's getting mad at Angela Bassett. Come on. Angela Bassett knew that she was better. She did. She knew she was better. She knew she deserved that, and she didn't get it. I don't think Angela Bassett has that reaction if Carrie Condon wins or Stephanie Hsu wins. But Jamie Lee Curtis winning, I think we're all like, oh, great. I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but are we serious? Like, are we mm-hmm. really serious about this? That was just bad, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I really thought Angela Bassett was going to win that. I, I, I don't think – well, I guess a little part of me was like, what, is it going to be Jamie Lee Curtis because of her name? I guess – I can't lie. I think there's a part of me that's like, is this going to happen? And, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, she wasn't bad by any means, but I do agree of, like, there confidently there were two people that were better um, and that more deserving. Um, but, you know <sighs> – Again, sometimes it just happens. I'm happy for her, but yeah, sometimes it's again we talked about this. The academy gets it right sometimes. Sometimes they get it wrong sometimes. So mm-hmm. impressive again. is it? Is it impressive though? Because that's the only category where we were like disagreed with pretty severely. Other than yeah, that, I like, think yeah. I think that's pretty great. Uh, honestly, whenever um, All Quiet on the Western Front kept sweeping like some. Other awards, like some of the technical awards, I thought, oh, okay, like, can we just, are we really fine? I mean, great, but like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna give a crap about Top Gun Maverick in this. Like, Wait. Or Tar, or so. That was her first Oscar win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ever. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis that's, was long. It's in its time Oscar. It's in its time Oscar, which happens, it's, it's, something the Academy has done for a long time. If you look back, you're like, when did Al Pacino win his Oscar? Did he win it for the Godfather? Did he win it for dog day afternoon? Did he win it for Godfather part two? Did he win it for Goodfellas? Did he win it for Serpico? Did he win it for even a movie like Carlito's way? Did he win it for heat? No, no, he didn't. David, what movie did Al Pacino win his Oscar for? Do you remember? One that, Probably no one remembers. Um, well, my dad does because my dad legitimately believes that this is his best movie. Does he really? Well, I haven't seen it though, so I guess no, I can't disagree. But my dad does love this movie. Um, it's Sin of a Woman, which is not even that's right. top, that's, top that's right. 10. Yeah. yeah. I, so, yeah. Well, it's, it's I, I just watched Dog Day Afternoon and I texted you. I'm like, Oh, I wonder how many Oscars Al Pacino's won. And I looked it up. I'm like, wait, he's only won one? Wait, it was for this one? Because it's like, yeah. dude has so many iconic films. And it just... It, yeah, so we I do this. We do this a lot. And it's not surprising that Jamie Lee Curtis got it. But I just I just don't feel like she deserved that one. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough, but that's the way that life goes. So... Again, like you said, if there's only really one award that we really, really disagree with and it's Best Supporting Actress, I think that we're doing okay. Yeah. Um, and lastly, before we end this conversation, a um, little update for everybody first. Clay Thompson right now has hit um, six threes in the first um, 20 minutes of action in the Warriors game tonight. Uh, so that's freaking awesome. Um, and I love my team. What's the, record? the other thing 12, is 12 threes in a game, 13. Uh, it's 13 and it's clays actually. So, um, <laughs> he could, he could break his own record. 
Yeah. The other thing that we need to talk about is that the sixth uh, movie in a in a series came out this past weekend and is mm-hmm. uh, amazing. Is there any reason that Scream Six was as good as it was? No. Like how did that happen? I don't know how it was. I, 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 no other horror series has been able to do this. They just continue really to get worse. There's and only one reason, like dud in the whole franchise. Yeah. I, I don't I, know. It's the sixth one, too. I, I really don't know. This Maybe is because they top... did something that no one's done before. Or, you know, not many people have done, done well. They went to New York City. Right. Um, I mean, if you know anything about American horror movies, you know that we like to set our movies either way out in the country or in the suburbs. Uh, we don't set horror movies in cities because for some reason we just haven't found a way to make those scary for the most part, aside from movies like The Exorcist, which it's it's a it's a it's a city movie, it's a Georgetown movie, but it's it's not really the star where New York City is kind of it's an important aspect of this film. Scream mm-hmm. Six is amazing. It's legitimately like it's not one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life, but it's one of the best horror film experiences I've had in theaters. It's so much fun to watch. Um, It ups the ante from the previous ones in the franchise. It has all the classic hallmarks of a screen movie. It's meta. It's um, a whodunit. Uh, It's there's there's multiple twists um, coming to you throughout the whole movie. And I think it's a top three Scream film. Um, So I would encourage anybody that hasn't gone and seen it, that has any interest in these movies, go out and watch it. Because this this is great, legitimately. It it deserves the hype that it's getting right now. Yeah. Bro, I was heated. I made my... I I wasn't going to make a Scream ranking on Letterboxd. I'm like, a lot of people are doing that. I don't don't need to do that. It's fine. And then Letterboxd posted, like... What's your Scream ranking? Give us a screenshot of your screen ranking. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll do it. Because I saw people putting screen three number one, and I was like, okay, people, you should. I mean, yeah, their desire to be again. different among Letterboxd users, especially the ones who then reply to tweets, is it's 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 nuts. It's so strong. But I made mine. I looked at yours, and we have the exact same list. <laughs> Are you serious, yes. bro? Isn't Scream Four so good? Yeah, I, really I like love it. Scream Four. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like joking. Wondering... It was like. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I was you say, go I... ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, I was like jokingly, um, like, I'm trying to find, what was her cousin's name? Charlie? No, that's that's not the wrong. That's the wrong one. That's the other one. What are you talking about? I don't even know. I could help if I had any inkling of Sydney's cousin. Direction your brain's going. Um, Who was? No, ended up being no spoilers. Yeah, uh, I mean Emma Roberts is yeah. I think her name's Charlie, right? Is it? Well, Charlie no. is Rory Culkin. Yeah, frick, I can't. Which I now I can't now. remember. This is not making me it sound like I like Scream Four a lot, but I I promise I do. It's is it Jill Roberts? Yeah, she has blonde hair in her letterbox. That's why it's throwing me off. This I think it's Emma. It's Emma Roberts, and yes, her movie. name in the movie is Jill Roberts, which is something I didn't pick up on, but that's very confusing. Anyway, go ahead. Well, you said no, no spoilers? I mean, yeah, because a lot of people haven't seen Scream 4. Okay. then I thought she did a really good job. Um, and uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> good job. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um... Just every time they reveal who Ghostface is, even if I know who it is, I'm like, ah, this is so fun. And there's mm-hmm. always a final confrontation with the heroes at the end. And uh, I, I don't know. It's formulaic. Yeah, but it's I love it. I, I, I love it. You can make a screen movie every year for the rest of time. And I'm going to show up to the theater every year to watch these bad boys. Sophie and I were heated because we're like, it is him. He gets killed the next scene. <laughs> it is her. She gets killed the next scene. We're like, this happens every time. I made a prognostication to you uh, before I went to watch the movie because I just looked at the cast list and I was like, oh, this actor, this actress is kind of famous and is in a lot of horror movies. Uh, I think that it's going to be her. 
Um, and then she dies in the first five minutes of the movie. And I was yeah. like, oh. And then I was like, oh my God, wait, what are they? Like this movie, the first 10 minutes, you're like, wait, they're actually doing this? This is a whole new formula. And then they they switch it up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. You think, I, do you think this will be like the Halloween? Like you're, they're going to start just making every once in a while, just dropping more Well, I mean, they've, they've dropped two in the last in the last two years, um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they keep doing this. The question is, will these directors want to stay on um, or will they want to move on? Uh, likely they'll want to move on because they probably have, you know, films of their own that they want to try to make that are, that are not IP. But um, Matt Bettinelli Olpen and Tyler Gillett can, can make as many screen movies as they would like, in my opinion, because the 2022 scream was was still good. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but I, I enjoyed it well and enough. They've done a and, couple other good ones. They've done Ready or uh, Ready or Not, which is a really good horror film, and then VHS, which I've actually heard is a pretty good. Um, what's that's that called style of yeah filming? Yeah, like they directed tape horror. Yeah, I also I think VHS is a, a vignette film where it's like anthology. So I think they just directed a segment of that. So they didn't direct the whole thing. But yeah, oh, I mean, oh, okay. Um, they're promising horror directors, uh, and I've obviously really enjoyed their last three outings. Um, so, I mean, this one has it, made sixty-seven million dollars, and it has been out for four which days, which is which is nuts. Yeah. Nuts for a horror film. So and I that's think in the US, this, right? Or is that worldwide? Worldwide. Okay. US it, it made forty opening weekend in US and Canada 44. it made forty four million, which yeah. made one point five times what they spent on it. So like yeah, based on what this is doing, I think they're gonna make at least another one, which is with how successful it's been. It's almost and like reawakened have... to the Scream franchise, I feel like, you know. Okay, Clay Thompson. Sorry, I'm also watching the game right now. Clay Thompson just hit the wettest three I've ever seen in my life. Um, so that was so. Ing- the net didn't move. He has 33 points in the first half. Bro, I should say like Dark this Knight's is- better than Mad Max, and you're- Clay's gonna hit a three, and you're gonna be like, yeah. I would just be, be like, like, yes, hey, yeah. Sorry, this podcast. podcast is. This podcast is off the rails right now, um, but Scream Six is amazing and has nothing to do with the Academy Awards other than maybe it'll win some. It won't, but I wouldn't be mad if it did. It's like um, no one's ever going to give a horror movie. Well, I guess Marvel's won a little bit, but horror movies never going to get an nomination. Horror movies are never. Gonna, well, maybe Jamie Lee Curtis will start it, right? Because she maybe. she is the Scream Queen, so maybe she'll maybe she'll really start the start the ball rolling on this. Um, yeah, I love Scream Six. I love Clay Thompson, and I love Tar. Uh, and that's that's all you need to know from me. David, take it away. So, yeah. that's uh, I'm going to listen to that song now. It is pretty fire, though. Even though there's just one on that entire movie to listen to, it is, it's it's pretty good. Still not best score. Not going to lie, though, it scared me when I was watching the movie. When I first it did. heard it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this has been our Oscars reaction of the 95th Annual Academy Awards episode 79 it's been fun no uh assault took place this year but we did see a donkey on stage um those don't really correlate but it was cool to see a donkey on stage um so yeah this has been what do you want to watch um we've been talking about it and you've been listening to it see you later goodbye